Hey there, Bellator Colloquium listeners. Today's podcast is actually sponsored by us. <laughs> We're going to take this opportunity to share with you some of the fun merch we have over in our Bellator Goods shop. Absolutely. We are celebrating love languages all month and looking forward to St. Valentine's Feast Day on February 14th. So we can think of no better time to announce the ever popular Garland of Roses Lotion Bar is back in stock. And Yay! Yay! <laughs> and we're releasing a companion product, the Garland of Roses Lip Balm. So treat yourself, treat your mom, your friend, your sister, everybody. If you love roses, you will love these products. Yeah, and if your love language is gifts or maybe even your love language is good smells or cozy sweatshirts, <laughs> go over to www.bellatorsocietyshop.com. Enjoy this podcast. This is Bellator Colloquium, a podcast of the Bellator Society. Bellator in Latin means warrior, and a colloquium is a conversation. We at the Bellator Society are online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful, and this podcast is our conversation about all those things and so much more. Meet us here weekly at Bellator Colloquium and at bellatorsociety.com for content that will hopefully lift you, inspire you, comfort you, and make you feel a part of our Bellator Society. Good morning, friends and warriors, and welcome to the podcast. This is Tracy Eddy, and I'm in Scottsdale, Arizona. And as always, Fran Yeager is across the country in Nashville, Tennessee, and she has a guest sitting next to her today. I do. I have a guest in-house. That's awesome. So awesome. It is awesome. So our guest today is Christy Bentley, and we invited her to be the first guest in our month of love. <laughs> love to love. So it's February, and um, on the blog, we are doing a series of blogs on the topic of love languages. And, you know, there's the five love languages, that whole movement, and we're going to be talking about that in the blogs, but we want to just kind of focus in on different aspects of love, and the first one is mowage. <laughs> we're going we're going straight to the, to the biggie. <laughs> I know. I think that's kind of funny, too. Like we, we've skipped over, like, wooing and dating and kindness and we're just going straight to the big gun, like to, to marriage. That's right. We used to always ask my dad. He used to give my mom yellow flowers all the time. And I was like, you know, that's friendship. Like yellow is the flower of friendship. And it turns out it was her sorority flower. So that's, oh. he always gave her that. But, but there are, there are lots of different types of love, but we're going to marriage. Yeah. We're skipping well, them. I mean, I, I, again, we're totally off topic here, but there was a book that I read once called The Language of Flowers. Which, t- I mean, it was actually kind of a stupid novel, but it, it just reinforced my disdain for novels. In- incarnations. <laughs> oh, I, I am so, I am, I am perennially upset that a carnation is my birthday month flower. I'm so angry about that. You know that's for a reason. That is like, that is your purgatory right there. <laughs> But the, but what was cool about the book is that all of the all of the bouquets because she like worked in a flower shop all of the bouquets were just perfectly orchestrated and designed with different messages and all the flowers were a different message and so you're right like yellow flowers mean a particular thing um, we bought orange flowers for my 
um, in-laws' 50th anniversary, and I can't remember why, but orange orange uh, roses meant something. Um, and so we got them. I can't I can't remember what the meaning was. <laughs> it was obviously super meaningful. <laughs> it was so deep. You, it <laughs> it's so deep, it's still way deep. <laughs> I can't unearth it. Okay, so okay, Christy Bowie's Christy. in the house. We're talking about marriage, not flowers. <laughs> stay, <laughs> stay on topic. Should have been our last little bit. Oh, it should oh, have. Yes. We're doing it in reverse. Although I still want last little bits. So. Okay. <laughs> okay. We're bookending with this. <laughs> Christy, welcome. Well, thank you for having me. I am a huge fans of both of you. So well, I'm you're awesome. Honored to be here, and thank you for having me. Well, Chris- we're fans of you too because yeah. you're one of our contributors. Correct. Thank you. <laughs> That's and one exactly. of our very prolific contributors too. Exactly. That's exactly what I was about to say. Okay, so Christy, you are a marriage guru, right? (laughs) (laughs) We can come to you with all our marriage questions. (laughs) Please, please don't call me a marriage guru. (laughs) Okay, well, Um, tell us. Well, actually, ask my husband that. (laughs) He'll say yes. He he will because he's because because you've been through a lot of uh, training Mm -hmm. and you do a lot of work in marriage and marriage prep at your parish. So give us give us a little teaser. Okay, well, um, so yeah, so we've been we've been doing this retreat um, for eleven years. I was actually expecting my first child. I was very pregnant with him <laughs> um, when we uh, put on our first retreat, and um, it came about because we were talking about the the awesome marriage preparation that we had ourselves actually Um, we were really really blessed and I was at the time working for Father Baker at University Catholic and he well over at Vanderbilt there are half undergrad half grad students so it's a good split so a lot of his grad students were getting married and he was spending more and more of his time preparing couples for marriage and um, if people couples were wanting to dive deeper into their marriage prep um, he just you know he he wanted help with that Um, some of them you know would go to the one day retreat it was great but they want it they want it more and so um, we actually wound up calling um, Atlanta where we had our marriage prep and saying we've loved this retreat Um, we've loved this retreat called three to get married would you would you please share it with us and Immediately, she just said, yes, here's, here's everything. And um, she gave us everything from her schedules to her questionnaires to all of the names and contact information for all of their speakers. That's amazing. And um, their speakers helped train our speakers. I mean, it, it was really um, a huge gift from God. And um, Father Baker went to the bishop, and um, he said, you know, can, can we do this? I want to do this here. And the bishop was like, absolutely, yes. Uh, and that was Bishop Toby at the time. So um, we we dove right in, and it uh, happens twice a year. And, um, yeah, it's been going on for 11 years. So and I just want to say, I, this is our – obviously, we had mar- marriage preparation when Matt and I were getting married. This is totally different. Like, this is a paradigm shift in terms of what we were exposed to for marriage preparation in our own marriage. Tracy, do you remember what your marriage prep was like? <laughs> it sounds very different <laughs> from mine, too. So I – so my husband and I met in the Washington, D.C. area, but we wanted to get married in Arkansas because, well – is there any other place to get married than the Cathedral of St. <laughs> Andrews? I think not. 
<laughs> Anyways, my, my mom, my parents were married there, my grandparents, my aunts and uncles. So that was where we wanted to get married. And the priest who was marrying us in Arkansas said, you need to do your marriage prep at your kind of home parish in, um, in Virginia. It was actually where we lived. And so we had Father Scalia prepare us because he was our pastor at the time, which now he's Okay, a pretty... so everyone needs to know who Father Scalia is. is he's the son of Justice Antonin Scalia. Scalia. Yeah. Yes. Wow. So he's a pretty big deal now in the, in the diocese <laughs> there. But at the time, he was at a small church, um, and I think he was even the associate pastor. But he, from the very beginning, we could tell he meant business. You know, we're a little nervous um, just because we're he was, he was a little intimidating. He just, you know, his, his demeanor and his stature turns out he's a super awesome, super nice person. Um, we really, really loved him. My mom was sick at the time. So he really kind of ministered, um, to me during that time was when we found out she was sick during, in kind of during our marriage prep, but we met with him quite a bit actually. So he did a great job preparing us, but, but then, you know, you go on retreats, those retreats Mm -hmm. kind of, um, left something to be desired let's just say that you know you <laughs> it, part of part of but he also sent us you know on a natural family planning um kind of weekend which we were at the time you didn't have to do it but he required it like it wasn't a thing for the diocese he required it and we were happy to do it because that was something we were very much wanted to make part of our marriage um but it was it was a little weird. <laughs> really? The that presenters were odd, but, you know, God bless them. They're doing, you know, they're, I know they were doing their best, but it was kind of like, ooh, okay. <laughs> so I'm so interested in, in your retreat because it sounds very, um, uh, it sounds amazing. It sounds like something that, gosh, we need. And it, it probably would have made a lot, of, lot more couples in, like, the 90s and early 2000s be attracted to natural family planning from the beginning of their marriage. You know what I mean? And, and just kind of all the gifts of, of marriage. Well, and I think part of what I have witnessed being so beautiful and different from what our experience was with the three to get married retreat is that it's over the course of a weekend. Mm-hmm. It's not just a one day, one stop shop sort of a, th- sort of a deal. Cause ours, when we were preparing for marriage, our retreat at least, and I mean our marriage preparation. Now I guess we should say that like marriage preparation isn't just the retreat. Right. I mean, in the Catholic Church, we have something that I think is relatively new, at least in terms of a concept. And it started, I believe, with the Archdiocese of Denver, but remote marriage retreat. I mean, sorry, remote marriage preparation, which means that we start teaching people about the the, um, sacramental theology of marriage, you know, as teenagers, you know, with the theology of the body, Mm -hmm. with just their understanding of of what marriage is. And and the truth of the matter is we start even earlier than that because these people live in families. Yes. (laughs) They're learning about marriage from their parents. That is the first marriage preparation anybody gets. Yes. And, and so we either have to, you know, we either learn a lot from that to our benefit or we learn a lot that we need to unlearn, you know, from some of that early marriage preparation. But then, you know, very proximate to our marriages during our engagement, the church does require um, some diocese are six months preparation. Mm-hmm. Some are actually like eight to nine months um, preparation. Um, I presume some would might even be more than that. But basically the church wants you to have a very intensive experience of preparation to make sure that you know what you're getting into, you know, make sure you have a very clear understanding of, of the sacrament of marriage, not just like you're, you're going to need six months to make sure that you have a good reception hall and you got found the right dress. <laughs> yes. and, 
the band yes. is is booked. Yeah, exactly. Yes. But isn't it so funny? Like when a couple gets engaged, the first thing is, oh my goodness, are you so excited? Are you ready? And they're like, well, we haven't found the, the, the dress. dress. We haven't <laughs> found the, all of that. And yet the real question is, are you ready? Like how did you get to the point where you realized that this person is the person for you and that you have, you are equipped to, to, to marry this person, you know, because we are the ministers of the sacrament. Like the, the right. couple is the, are the ministers of the sacrament. We marry each other in the sacrament of matrimony. And you've got to, I mean, priests go to seminary for years and years and years and years to prepare to administer sacraments. And mm-hmm. we're, we have six months. Yes. Yes. <laughs> my, my brother-in-law is a priest and, you know, he was prepping, you know, in seminary, going getting all of these different degrees and and Patrick was in high school my husband mm-hmm. at that time you know and then uh, Patrick goes to college Patrick goes to Patrick meets Christy Patrick gets married his brother's still not a priest you know he's still <laughs> preparing to be yeah. a priest and we brought you know our first two children to his ordination and it was a total of about 13 years that his religious order prepares and I'm thinking yeah you know Nine hours on a Saturday. <laughs> I mean, For we're the rest really of like life. setting the bar low here, you know? Like, we're, you know, the priests, the religious, the married people, we're all called to the same, same holiness, you know? And we need to be prepared for this vocation. Um, and people do not take it seriously. Mm-hmm. And so, what you were saying, this is really. Um, the weekend is really a retreat. Like it is a time. It's not a conference, you know, on a Saturday. It's it's a time to go encounter God. Like yeah. to go get away, you know, from the plans, the flowers. The it's amazing what people have not spoken about, mm-hmm. um, but they can tell you all the different types of flowers and their bouquet, <laughs> and they can tell you what's going to be hanging on the wall and what's going to be, you know, all the things um, that will be at their actual wedding day, but. The preparation is, um, it's its really been very minimal mm-hmm. um, for many people. So. Yeah. And I remember like at our marriage prep, again, this is almost 21 years ago. That's actually about 21 years ago now. Um, we had, you know, maybe 30 minutes to talk about finances, mm-hmm. 30 minutes to talk about natural family planning. And I, Matt and I always laugh at our <laughs> natural family planning talk that we're getting married. Because I'm pretty sure that the woman was in active labor. <laughs> <laughs> And we're like, oh, this is this is taking a turn. This is definitely this is real life. This is not what we thought this talk was going to be. Um, but then, you know, there were other topics that were discussed, and honestly, I can't even remember all of them because they were such a flash in the pan. Yeah, like they were not something that we and we didn't even have um, like one on one. I know that in the in our previous diocese, um, we got married in uh, the diocese of Birmingham, but then we moved to the diocese of Little Rock and were actively involved in the marriage preparation retreats there and there they also had shortish talks during the day but then the couples would go off and talk together mm-hmm. that's what we do Is that, exactly yes. but that's not what we did when mm-hmm. I got married we had a 30 minute talk and then we sat in small groups who oh. doesn't love a small group <laughs> when you're trying to connect with your future spouse <laughs> yeah we let them we let them after each talk we we give them a questionnaire and they go digest and reflect and talk and um you know sometimes I walk around just 
taking a walk, getting a breather while they're doing that. And, and it's intense out mm-hmm. there mm-hmm. <laughs> after, <laughs> after hearing a talk and then reflecting and, and talking over it. Um, and that's really the time where couples, couples have a chance to change mm-hmm. um, or to grow or to um, figure out, you know, what, what is God calling us to in our marriage? Because this is what the church is presenting us, you know, and um, it's, it's a good opportunity for them to, to speak about that. Well, that's an interesting question too. Like this is what the church is presenting us. So they've already come to the, the agreement that they care what the church says. And that's huge because like in today's society, not every person who was brought up Catholic, uh, of course, doesn't really care what the church teaches about a lot of things, but they're not even getting married in the church anymore. So that, I mean, you, you have a very special population of anyone who is presenting themselves, you know, to be married in the church has already recognized there is a there's a transcendent third there. Yeah. There's there's three to get married. There really is. Like that that Jesus through the teaching authority of the church is communicating to us some essential things about his his desire for our lives. Mm-hmm. And so tell us some of the um some of the things that the church is offering in these talks. Like because yeah. you 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 have crafted this retreat around things that, you know, the church deems is important you're not covering every single thing about right. marriage but what are some of the talks that that are given during the three to get married retreat yeah so the um the night starts kind of uh light and we have um well, i say light it depends on who's speaking because they all have different stories but we do a early years of marriage talk so we give them opportunity to kind of reflect on all the things that are going to change and how family of origin has come into play and (laughs) what's it going to be like you know at Christmas this year and it's kind of you know more of the practical things Mm -hmm. um you know what um what kind of you know home did I grow up in and how do I um what did I learn about from that home um that I'm going to bring into Mm -hmm. uh, my marriage and all the good and you know sift through and what what do I not want to bring into my marriage and then we have an amazing talk um, on the formation of conscience that night that first night and um, we have a priest give that talk and he really digs into what will be different you know how do I need to look now at my conscience um, now that I'm getting married you know like for instance um, what do you you know, what do other friendships mean to me? You know, if I'm a woman, like, do I still have male friendships? You know, um, are, are you, you probably shouldn't go out to eat on your own with another, you know, person of the other sex, you know, just looking at all these little things um, that really will, will change, will change in your heart. And he does just go through this whole, he uses the, um, the Ten Commandments and just kind of goes through all of the things that we need to be looking at um, when we get married. Um, so that talk is really beautiful. And then they have a chance for confession. And then the next morning, um, we give a talk on the sacramentality of marriage. And this one is like, to me, one of the most important of the whole weekend, because this is where they find out if they don't know already that what you're about to do is indissoluable. Mm -hmm. Like this isn't, your marriage will not go away. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how serious it is. And then what does the church present? Like, what is a sacrament? You know, what is this giving us? Like, you are now receiving grace 
And this grace is going to sustain you. Like, mm-hmm. what does that grace mean? And hopefully that's the, the place where they find hope, you know, where mm-hmm. they find hope, like, this isn't going to be easy. You know, right now they're all in love. So they haven't had too many hard things yet. But um, it's really a place where they, I think, receive a lot of hope. And so a lot of theology about marriage comes in there. And we talk about the sacrament. Well, and I love that idea because I think a lot of us um, know, we know that, you know, go, getting married, that, that the sacrament of marriage, like our, your nuptial mass, isn't, uh, there, there's the analogy of it's like, it's not a car wash, right? And you don't go through it and become like a brand new person. And then it's at your marriage. It's going to work out. It's going to be great. Um, But on the other hand, there's something very real about the sacrament of marriage. There are sacramental graces conferred during that Mm -hmm. that mass, during that sacrament. Even if it's not a mass, you you can still have a sacramental marriage. Um, And it does change you in a way. It gives you the, the opportunity to behave in ways that you could not have behaved prior to being married because you now have the graces of marriage and that's huge and that's something that a lot of people don't even know to tap into yeah yes yes I mean I think some people expect to get married like here's one imperfect person and another imperfect person and now we're gonna get married and it's gonna be perfect (laughs) no you know I mean two negatives actually do not make a positive (laughs) right this math equation yeah it's called two imperfect people with the grace of God and then it can work otherwise it, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I love that talk. And Father Baker starts it, and I just I did really want to mention this. He starts it, and he says, if you're here, um, and you're, and and you don't know that God loves you, none of this will make sense. Mm-hmm. And that's really what we want them to know. Like that is like right. the core of it. Mm-hmm. If you don't know God loves you, this. This marriage, this won't, this marriage won't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I love that talk. I think it's one of the the big pillars in our retreat. Um, well, and I know that you you're talking specifically about the sacrament of marriage, but I think that messaging is mm-hmm. essential for every single sacrament we receive in the Catholic Church. Yeah. It, it breaks my heart. Matt and I led a confirmation. We were directors of confirmation for a while. And, you know, every year we would get about 100 kids coming through our program. And we made a point of saying at the beginning, like, Jesus loves you. Your church loves you. We love you. God loves you. If you if you have not heard same thing, if you've mm-hmm. not heard that before because how many people are adult Catholics who actually say the words, I never heard that that God loved me in the Catholic Church. That's why I go to, you know, Bible church down the road because they tell me that God loves me, you know. Mm-hmm. Um but like we're like this is this is the core of the gospel. This is why Jesus died on the cross. Yes. Because he loves you. <laughs> like, that's yes. it. Yeah. And if we don't get that messaging right in the beginning, then you're right. N- none of, none, nothing else really makes sense. Sacrifice, definitely. The sacrifices Sacrifice. of marriage definitely don't yes. make sense yes. apart from love. We have many speakers throughout the weekend, actually, that hold crucifixes, you oh. know, um, and talk about, like, marriage? What is marriage? They hold up the crucifix. <laughs> Here it is. Everyone, look at the crucifix. You know, this is you sacrificing yourself for mm-hmm. the other, for the good of the other. Mm-hmm. Christy, um, tell me what, like, what is that like when they hear that? Is that, do they kind of nod, yeah, yeah, yeah? Or or do you see, like, visibly 
light bulbs going off in people's heads. And, you know, because like you said, how many people maybe haven't even heard that, which that's a shame. They should hear that. And I'm glad as a confirmation sponsor or confirmation director, Fran, you and Matt make that a point and make that obvious. But I think that's something I've never struggled with, but I, I've, I'm hearing that a lot. I've heard that at, mm-hmm. you know, my Advent um, Bible study. One of the the women always says, she she always tells her dad, like, Jesus loves you, dad. Because she said he kind of viewed the church as, you know, lots of rules and you do things so you don't go to hell. <laughs> it's not because you do things because you yeah. love, because Jesus loves you and because you want to be in communion with him. And so she said that's how she was raised. She said now as an adult woman, she's, like you said, she's taking other things um, and bringing them into her marriage because she doesn't want to raise her kids in fear of God. Mm-hmm. And she said her dad's elderly, and she and her siblings, every chance they get, they they kind of try and reiterate that to their dad because he, he just had such a different view and relationship with the Lord. So, again, to me, it's like, really? But I think that's more common than not. So do you see like outward signs of relief from these, from, from some of these people or? Yes. Actually, I think um, it's people, people say to me all the time, like, I don't know, I don't know how you have the time to do this retreat. I don't know how you have the time, you know, you have five kids. And I mean, the moment that you're talking about, that's, that's like my motivation. It's Mm -hmm. like. You see in someone's face or in someone's eyes or in someone's, you know, posture. We were talking about posture the other day. Like them realizing that God loves them, mm-hmm. you know, um, or them realizing, you know, that God's loving them through this person that they're going to marry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, yeah, it's, I, I see it. I see it every time. Um, I also see the opposite where people just get angry and upset and like why um well angry and upset just because this makes them uncomfortable you know this all all these messages make Mm -hmm. them uncomfortable you know like I don't know I don't know if I want to sacrifice I don't know (gasps) you know I mean I had a couple pull me aside the last retreat can we talk to you and I'm like sure and they're like in the side room you know and I'm (laughs) like oh no what are we what is what's happening you know and like um they're like do people really get separate or, or do people really take their separate bank accounts and join them together? You know, and like things that I wouldn't think were a sacrifice, you know, it makes people uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. So you see people, um, you may have been specifically asking me about people hearing about God's love no, for them. No, no. I'm just meeting in general, just, yeah. you know, all the information, all the, um, you know, because it's, it's going to be something that's hard. Well, I'm going to piggyback on where I think you were going with your question, Tracy, because you were, you were answering it just like the first part of it. Like, what are some of the other obstacles that you see people having like, oh, like light bulbs going off? Like, it's not just that God loves them. Obviously, that that, that can be one of them. But like, what are some of the other, you said finances were one, like even yeah. even just the merging of checking accounts, mm-hmm. you know, um, the the benefit of that, the, the, the opportunity to really become one in all things. Yes. <laughs> Yes. What are some of the other things that people find that, that are obstacles that maybe some of us who were brought up in the church who, who've never had problems? Like, of course, this is what we do. Like, that's yeah. not a weird thing. But yeah. it's weird to some people. What are some of those things? Um. So, well, yeah. So transparency, mm-hmm. I would say that is that's hard, you know, um, like knowing each other's passwords, uh, like knowing each other's passwords, <laughs> yeah. like sharing a bank account. Yeah. I mean, that, you know, people say, you know, the things that, you know 
cause divorce and one of them is always finances and um I'm discovering more and more like the secrets that people have that on the money they're spending you know and um it's it's something that is that is super hard um I want to take a sidebar really fast because there's a new movie that just came out called Marriage Story with um, Scarlett Johansson. And who's the guy that played the bad guy in Star Wars? <laughs> oh, my Kyla- son would know. I know. Our Ky- kids. Kylo Ren? Yes, whoever that is. He's actually from Little Rock, I think. So what? I should know his name. Yeah, he is. <laughs> really? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it doesn't matter. They're in a they're in a new movie together called Marriage Story, and I just watched it, and it's so heartbreaking because it's not a marriage story; it's a divorce story, and it is so sad. Like it's so sad in in a hundred different ways because really, what it highlights is how it is our selfishness, it is our inability to sacrifice that is the 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 crack that you know just opens up to break up marriages, and um. But there was one part in it where she had um, gone online and um, he had had, well, I don't want to give everything away, but he basically had a marital indiscretion and she found out about it via um, either his email or his texts or whatever. And he got irate that she, you know, that that she- His privacy. (laughs) Yes, yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, this is- this is the this is part of the problem right. that mm-hmm. your reaction to your spouse knowing something intimate about you would be a problem is the problem yeah. <laughs> like, it, it, like just yes. that little bitty I mean you know it was a 20 second part of the movie but I was like anytime I want to know like what is in Matt's email I, I can like not I don't have a lot of questions because a lot of it has to do with medicine <laughs> I don't care. but like you know like even even like he'll sometimes he'll say will you go check my texts I heard it dinging and there's no like it never even occurs to me that yeah. there would be like a privacy factor there which also makes it hard if you're ever trying to do like a like a fun thing or give a gift because <laughs> then you have to be super stealthy like more stealthy than I have the capacity <laughs> that's like when John played my 40th birthday party everyone yes! was like you didn't ever but he worked so much that I had mm-hmm. I had zero zero concern that there would ever be anything on his phone that I couldn't you know and and I didn't really even notice he was hiding it from me yeah. because we do have such an open marriage and an, an honest marriage that I, I mean I know if I ever wanted to look at his phone and like you said sometimes it's like will you check my phone my you know I, I think it's buzzing whatever um so it was it was kind of really a miracle that he he was able to pull off my birthday party the way he did without me ever finding out because we do like always have our phones laying around and you know we know each other's passwords and it's just not a thing but he did say it's why he didn't use his apple iphone oh that was apple watch i'm sorry because he couldn't you know he could turn his phone over if he was expecting a text from like a friend saying they could make it or whatever but he couldn't you know and he didn't want to be shady with yeah. this watch and be like we all felt very shady during those months of planning i will say there was lots of lying and avoidance everything that would break up a marriage happened because of tracy's birthday party <laughs> but, but to your point it's like it shouldn't i mean it, it 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 should only be a complication when you're trying to do something nice for the other spouse it should never yeah. be a, cons- a complication or concern you know any other time yeah yeah. So there are just things that we don't even think about. Can you think of any other things that are just like, wow, okay, well, this is something that we're going to need to work through? <laughs> well, I mean, a, a lot, uh, you know, I think 
times are changing. Mm-hmm. I don't know how you say that. And it's it's been really hard discernment for couples to figure out who's going to work. Yes. And this has been, um, you know, when I first started doing the retreat 11 years ago, I feel like an old lady, but I'm not. But um, <laughs> it, I really didn't hear the women talk too much mm-hmm. about that. But um, it has become more and more of, you know, well, you know, we want one of us to stay home mm-hmm. with the kids um, or, you know, and so who's going to work? Mm-hmm. And um, people are spending a lot of time in, you know, learning their craft or their trade or mm-hmm. getting an education in something. And this is something that has really, I, I see this struggle mm-hmm. um, where, you know, the the man, the male is like, I really want you to stay home, you know, or he's like, we need the money and mm-hmm. I need you to work, you know, and she's like, I want to stay home or, mm-hmm. you know, and just trying to find that balance and like, what is God calling you to? And that is really, that has been really hard for so many couples. Um, well, because, and also it's co- like the world is confusing, but also the church is confusing because we have some parts of our of our church like like and I'm saying like uh, members of the body mm-hmm. who who say you know women's only places in the home right you women should never leave their home like basically <laughs> there was one oh my yeah. goodness there was one uh, Catholic commentator who I was listening to a podcast interview that he did that he said that his wife doesn't even go to the grocery store without his permission and I'm like what wow. oh my <laughs> gosh that's like, not a marriage I, that's a that's I would not even know slavery. what to do with that like so mm-hmm. we do have like this broad spectrum of people who believe that they are living out the Catholic church's teachings yes but not really digging into what the church actually has to say about it yes so that that's it. That is huge. It's yeah. interesting. What are some other things? Um, let's see here. So we we talk about NFP a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, currently we have, unless they you know quit, we have Matt and <laughs> <laughs> giving their talk, yeah. which um, you know we have uh, two parts to this talk, and um, this is a huge struggle for couples. Mm-hmm. It you know. Pretty much everyone uses birth control, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, even all the Catholics use birth control. That's what people think mm-hmm. or hear. Um, thankfully, like every single one of my friends don't, mm-hmm. which has kept us going yeah. in this teaching. Um, and we give this talk, um, and they struggle through it. I mean, they struggle through it because it is a head and a heart matter. So we have um, we have a doctor come. Um, and she gives all of the scientific, this is why NFP works. The, here are the facts. And, and she lays it all out. And you can see very clearly in how she explains it. Oh, of course this would work. This, this is very obvious. Um, it's not just, you know, Russian roulette here. Um, <laughs> this is really how it works. And, and I want to say here too, like I've I've sat obviously heard her give that part of the NFP talk, and we've done the same part of the same talk for again years and years and years. I am such a fan of her approach. I could not say enough good things. And anyone who might be listening to this podcast who gives any witness talks about natural family planning, what she does well, I want to share this with the world. What she yes. does well is she proposes. She mm-hmm. gives facts and she proposes. She really does draw away from. Um, 
from from any sort of imposing. She suggests things. Even when she talks about the abortifacient aspects of the pill, she is very gentle in her approach, which I so appreciate. Huge Mm -hmm. fan. Yes, yes. So, you know, since we know that this is something people really struggle with, um, our goal here is to not necessarily convince people to use NFP. Our goal is to get it on the table. Mm -hmm. Like, let's just get it on the table. Mm -hmm. Let's please have a conversation Mm -hmm. about this. Discern it. Pray over it. So she gives that part. And then um, Matt and Franchelle um, give Theology of the Body slash their own experience with NFP. And um, it's really beautiful. It's a bumpy road there. It's a (laughs) – you know, Matt's doing exercises, um, <laughs> explaining how, why, what your body does means something. And, you know, people, you know, and how he had his conversion into the Catholic Church and what what are they doing at Mass? I don't know. Standing, kneeling, you know, sitting with it. And how everything that you do in the Mass means something. Everything you do in the marital act, it means something what you do with your body means something and um, what does that mean and how they've lived out this you know natural family planning in their own marriage and the struggles and the joys and um, how they've navigated it and so we actually had um, the three to stay married event that's another podcast um, (laughs) this past week and one of the couples who had come on retreat gave a testimony about their experience on the retreat and they said we went into that talk and we were like, NFP, yeah, no thank you. And we left the talk and we're like, yeah, all right, we'll do that. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, awesome. Because it's, um, yeah, the talk the talk is uh, really beautiful. So uh, finding the balance in that with the, the science behind mm-hmm. it and the experience I think is really key in marriage prep for people. Oh my gosh. Can I just double down on that? I think finding people who are gifted with that ability to to give that witness and give that talk and and it sounds like the doctor who um begins the talk is amazing i i don't she is i'm not familiar with with her work um (laughs) (laughs) but speaking from my experience we went to an nfp weekend and we talked we laughed about this a little bit earlier but it was the the presenters were they were less than lovely and they, while their hearts were in the right place, it was, it was, thank God, John and I were, we were coming to it like we're doing this no matter what, because this is what we wanted in our marriage. But we came to it, um, you know, we weren't like on the fence. Had we been on the fence, I'm telling you, we would have jumped off the fence. And so having people like Matt and Fran, who we've heard them give their talk, I'm sure you've changed it over the years because it was a long time ago, but having people that can give it, I mean, I remember watching Matt and Fran and going, God, I wish they were in Virginia, you know, 10 years ago or whatever the case may be, Um, because that is, it's such a beautiful teaching of the church, but it can, it's delicate. It, It can go either or it can go one way or the other really, really fast. So I'm glad it sounds like y'all got an amazing program on, you know, especially for that talk. Cause that's so important. So another talk, <laughs> <laughs> go NFP. Go. <laughs> um, well, you know, we, we one time had a sister come give the talk. The and, NFP talk? Yes. Was she the physician? Um, no. No, different? It was, okay. Yeah, it was another one. And, you know, it was 
you know, for someone like me who has been sold on this teaching for many years and um, I was just sitting in it thinking, this is so beautiful. But in the end, you know, the couples wanted like people who have done this, you know, yeah. people who have done this and, and what is their experience with it. Um, so that's really beneficial. Um, and then, you know, when, when we give the, do you want me to go into some other talks? Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm loving yeah. this. We want to okay, hear it all. So, yeah. <laughs> okay. So, um, we do a finance talk. We kind of already talked about that, but, um, you know, we have, them talk about you know why it's important to budget and um how did you know how did your family spend money and how did your family spend money yeah. and um it's so interesting to see people work through that because um there'd be one family who had loads of credit card debt you know for their entirety of their family life and they really don't know how to do anything with money and then you have the other person who has this much money saved and budgets to the, you know, tea and doesn't spend an extra penny and uses coupons, you know, and it's like, whoa, like just finding that balance. Yeah. Um, but the couple who gave, who gives this talk, um, we've had two different couples give it. Um, they give some really practical tips. They talk about tithing um, and, and using your, your wealth um, or just your, you know, your 10% for for good and um and then another couple who has given it has talked about um you know how he had at one point lost his job and how he she just raved about how he had been so prudent with their money because they had so much stashed away for you know an event like this and they weren't expecting it and it came about really quickly and it's really inspiring to people to say like, man, he had this solid, you know, job and now, mm -hmm. you know, he, but he had protected the family in that way and how his leadership there had really helped. And so that was, that's always a really great thing to see them kind of discern that. Because at the heart of it, like there's, there's ups and downs in a marriage. I mean, there's going to be ups and downs in life. So there's going to be great job markets and sorry job, job markets. And there's, mm -hmm. you know, there's going to be health issues and whatever, like you said, when you, when you're engaged, you're in love and everything's going to be perfect and we can't wait to spend the rest of our lives together. But the fact of the matter is that's just not life. And so that's a, a good, such a good real, you know, real life situation of, you know, y yes, you, you not only living within your means, but living within your means to a point where if something catastrophic happened, you could still survive and take care of your family. Mm -hmm. That's, a very important part of, you know, marriage and responsibility and, and whatnot. Yeah. Planning, well, planning for the unpredictable. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yes. Well, another talk that is given is called the psychology of marriage. And, um, we actually have a Catholic couple come and he is a psychologist and she actually is a singer. And so, um, it's really cool. She sings. <laughs> <laughs> and he and then he then they talk together and then she sings some more and it's all about um, dealing with each other and they talk about a, a family of origin and they talk about the difference between men and women uh, because there is a difference is there it's interesting. <laughs> so, so you're saying that there are men and there are women in the world, is what you're telling me. Just, yes. just men and women. And actually, I, I had this thought this morning. I was like, yeah, psychology of marriage, men and women. And I'm like, there's, you know, there's the feminine genius. Mm -hmm. And then I'm like, hmm, 
what name do we have for the men? Do we call it like the masculine? And I'm like, oh. John Paul II only gave us a special name. Yeah. <laughs> the feminine genius. And and they talk about that. They talk about the, you know, all of the beautiful things about the heart of a woman. All of the things she has to offer. All of the ways she... Um, you know, brings the man in all of his practical and, you know, mm-hmm. manly ways, um, you know, where men bond shoulder to shoulder and women bond face to face and how they teach each other to do both. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's it's really good. It's really good. Um, they do a lot of temperament, talk on the temperaments. Uh, they talk a lot about self, self-sacrifice. They talk a lot about the reasons for divorce and how to mm-hmm. avoid them. And they talk about communication. So um, really, I, I love that talk. Um, I think having an actual psychologist there, yeah. um, if possible, is, is great. And while I say that, while I'm saying that, having an actual psychologist there is really great. Something I would really like to mention is having holy priests speaking at these retreats has been the key yeah Yeah. I mean we need we need the the married couples we need them um having the holy priest has made all the difference well and that's the case for any any operation you want to do in the church if it doesn't have um, a priest supporting it or participating in it it will fail it will burn it will fizzle it goes away like that it's just the truth um anything from young adult ministry to youth ministry to marriage ministry to i mean obviously sacramental preparation but but i mean even let's just talk about sacramental preparation if you don't have a priest actively involved in catechizing children and forming them for sacraments they are not well formed you can have the best person up front reading from the catechism and they still do not get the, the the graces that are given to priests through their ordination that are conferred then to us because the graces that priests receive they are not meant to keep Mm-hmm. They're always meant to pour out to us. And if they are not pouring them into these ministries, the ministries just don't work. So I 100% agree with that. Yeah. yeah. We've had some awesome, I'll give them a shout out, Father Baker, <laughs> Father Neely, Father Fi. We have had some awesome priests who have supported this ministry here in Nashville. So we are grateful for them. Um, and then the... Uh, then there are two more talks. Uh, one, um, actually, currently Patrick and I are giving the How to Love Your Husband, How to Love Your Wife talk. And we actually split the men and women up. And so it, it's a time, and we actually sit. We all sit just in a circle. And it's a time um, to kind of let them ask questions. Uh, there's a lot of discussion. Um, but we talk more just about a lot of practical ways to mm-hmm. love your spouse. Um, I can tell a funny story in a minute about something practical I learned um, on how to help love my spouse. But um, we also talk about some just experiences we've had in our own marriage um, and specifically um, moments of mercy. Mm-hmm. So um, times when we've had to receive mercy and times when we've really had to, to give it. Um, because that is something people need to hear about. Mm-hmm. Um, I tell the story about the one of the holy priests who taught me in high school. When he, Father Lopez, when he uh, would preside at marriages, um, he would have the couple hold a crucifix, and after their vows, they would look each other in the eyes, and they would go back and forth seven times, and they would say, 
I forgive you. I forgive you. I forgive you. And they would go up seven times. And so this is something. They each said it seven times or they said it seven times and someone had to say it four and someone had to say it three. (laughs) (laughs) Seven times each, Franchelle. (laughs) I did that. I I thought that in my head, but you asked it. So thank you. Each of them said it seven like times. One, one or one, they two. I mean, themselves. like, yeah. I, it. yeah. I don't know if they were counting on their fingers. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and, um, it was just, that is one of the goals mm-hmm. of the retreat is, yeah. um, teaching them that they will have to receive and give mercy. Um, and so we, we share some, you know, personal stories about that in our own marriage and, um, and then it's kind of a three-part talk. And then at the end, we actually talk about, because it's more more of a, you know, I don't know if you want to say personal, but it makes people a little more uncomfortable. We talk about the ethical and moral um, rules, if you want to say, mm-hmm. about um, sexuality in our marriage. And so what's allowed and what's not allowed. A lot of married couples actually don't even know mm-hmm. the rules, um, if you want to call them the rules. And so we talk a lot about like the ethics and morality there to just, you know, let it, let everyone know like this is what the church teaches. Um, and we should so, say here that um, when you said the rules, no one saw you, but you a little bit had quotation marks because there isn't a list of rules. No, that doesn't exist. But what does exist is the the model or the ethic for perfect love. Yes, and I cannot tell you how many times in in talking to couples about natural family planning, which inevitably goes into sexuality and and you know those those issues, we always go back to. How close is this behavior to perfect love, mm-hmm. to, to Jesus's example of perfect self-gift and, re- you know, um, re- receptivity? You know, how, how closely yeah. is it modeling the Blessed Mother in terms of receptivity? That's our goal. We're, we're going to event- – we're all it's a learning process yes our sexuality is actually a learning process yes. and you you know very quickly when you have crossed the line because you have guilt you have regret you feel use um you th- there are things that we our consciences are very strong especially when given when we are given the the sacrament of marriage and the graces um through that sacrament yes. you you do become more attuned to what is more perfectly loving but it, it is a process like you you, mm-hmm. you can I'm so I'm so glad that you're talking about those things on the front end because those are sometimes things that you only learn like well Way into marriage <laughs> yes, yes. And you're like oh okay well that makes sense <laughs> yes yes yeah well when I heard it on my retreat you know I'm thinking like whoa like they're being you know very particular <laughs> but um but it's it's all about you know what upholds the, the dignity of the human person mm-hmm. you know yeah. and we 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 have to do that in our marriage we have to do that um so then the only other talk that we give um on the last or two two more talks on the last day and we make it a little bit more of a retreat day like retreat meaning a little more um interior you know not as practical but a little more interior um we have a couple give their testimony and it used to be called the t- the roles of husband and wife because it talked a lot about their roles in their marriage and now we just call it one couple's story because they talk about their conversion um and she went to Medjugorje and she had this conversion actually um to stop using birth control mm. and it is really 
Beautiful. And they just talking about the struggles they had. He was in the military. And um, so finding a couple who can tell their story, I think, is really important um, because you want to hear the stories. You want to hear how people struggled and you want to hear how they overcame it. And they talk about the Blessed Mother, you know, being their guide. And they talk about the sacraments and confession, getting them through these things. And so that um, that talk is really good on the last day. It's a lot of interior change that they present. And then um, we have a priest give the final and last talk called The True Meaning of Love, which we just had the honor of hearing at the Three to Stay Married retreat. Um, and he just talks about sacrifice, mm-hmm. talks about sacrifice and love. So. And I loved that talk. So yeah, Father Fi, he does he always give it at the three to get married retreat or mostly? No, no? we yeah we kind of rotate, rotate. around. Yeah. Well, he around. gave the one at the three to stay married uh, dinner that we heard, and it was amazingly beautiful. And something that we walked that Matt and I walked away from that um, talk, kind of mulling over together, was his um, his challenge of he held he had a huge crucifix by the way, and he held it up in front of everybody there in in the cathedral parish hall, and he was like, what you know, what is beautiful about this? What what does this symbol of the crucifix yeah. communicate about real love? And the obvious easy answer is, you know, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But but he, he really just, just got into the nitty-gritty of, you know, this is a corpse on a cross. How do people look at this lovingly? What does that mean? You know, and so Matt and I, as we kind of came away, we were kind of chit-chatting about that. And it reminded me of a story that, um, or a realization that I had recently about um, vultures. <laughs> and uh, so we did not have vultures to the, at least in the the number that we have here in Tennessee and Arkansas. Tracy, do you remember seeing lots of, pat- I think they're called wakes of vultures? No. Have you, do you remember seeing them? Not we have really. them here in Tennessee. I think it's because of all the, the, yeah. the farmland or whatever. They're the most ugly birds. They're disgusting and they're huge and their faces are gross. And I've done research. They're covered in disease. Like if you touched, if you touched a vulture's face, you would get like every disease in the world. That's not a scientific <laughs> truth. That's fake science. That's fake science. But it's but what she tells know. her children. <laughs> yeah. Do not touch a vulture. They're every so disease. gross. <laughs> and they're eating all of these dead animals on the side of the road. But I was talking to a woman who um, has a lot of property, and she had an animal, a large animal, die on her property. And she had her son, like, drag it kind of away into the woods. But she said that when the when the winds were up, she could still, like, smell the stench of the dead, rotting carcass. And her comment was, I cannot wait till the vultures find that. I'm going to be so happy when I see the vultures here. And I'm like, are you kidding me? They are disgusting. How would you even – like, I don't even understand wanting to see – like, I have to look away when I'm driving because they're so <laughs> ugly to me and she was like no they're getting rid of I mean this, that's what they're made for they're getting rid of it and so as so that that reflection made me think about the cross in the same way that that Jesus on the cross in, in all of its gore in, in in the gruesome truth of it which we often clean up when we see a crucifix anyway but if we really think of what it meant that Jesus hung on the cross bloodied and and stabbed and like all I mean it's 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 mind-boggling when you really mm-hmm. think of what that looked like because it doesn't actually look like it does yeah. on our wall. Um, it's a beautiful thing because it cleaned up 
the death and the sin. Mm-hmm. And we, that's the way that we can look at it. In the same way that this farmer's wife thought that a pack of vultures was the most beautiful thing she could see because they were going to clean it <laughs> yes. up. Like that's what Jesus does for us. And that's why it's beautiful. Not yeah. because we have a morbid sense of, you know, we love dead bodies on crosses with blood. Like that's not what it is. It's what it did for us and what it cost him. Um, and what he endured for love of us. Um, not that vultures are loving anybody. It's a very weak <laughs> analogy. It's a, loose, it's a loose comparison, people. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I mean, I was thinking earlier this morning, I was thinking about, like, what a mess we are. You know, like, that. I was thinking about the engaged couples. Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about myself. As I, like, we all come in, like, a mess. Yeah. You know, like. And we pretty much stay a mess, you know? Mm -hmm. We all, like, have sin, and we need healing, and we're, yeah. Mm -hmm. And he does. He just makes it, he makes it all better. Mm -hmm. He cleans up the mess. So let me ask you this question. Um, Do you do, so this is a marriage retreat for people who are engaged, newly engaged couples who are preparing for marriage. Do you have a marriage retreat um, in your diocese that is for married couples? I know a lot of different parishes do, but this model that you have sounds so beautiful and so um well received do is there a three a three-person marriage retreat for the already married couple (laughs) (laughs) well um so lots of people ask that question and um we we what Franchelle and I have been talking about is the three to stay married okay but it's not a weekend long it's just an evening and so um I've actually been just like super blessed that you know, God inspired these things and we got them started, but Kathleen Cordell has continued them on and she still uh, does this once a year. And we have, it's like we, what she calls it is a shot in the arm for yeah. married couples. Yeah. So usually it's one or two talks and it's dinner and sometimes dancing and that sort of thing. But, but we do need a weekend long retreat. I think so. so. That would be, yeah, something to pray about. Awesome. I love it. I feel like this podcast has been a sort of a retreat. At least it has been for me, just thinking about all of the all of the little um, aspects of marriage preparation. Because, I mean, I have children who are getting older who I do have to start thinking about, like, how to communicate, you know, the, as you're dating girls, you know, mm-hmm. think about these things. Because yeah. these are things that you're going to want to work through towards engagement, obviously after engagement as you move into marriage. Um, and then, again, just... Even, Tracy, as you were kind of getting at, like, thinking, talking about them now makes me, like, want to talk about some of them now. Right. You know, like, <laughs> well, and like, sort of a thinking, refresher. Yeah, yeah. And even maybe a comparison, like, this is what I thought about right. that before I got married. But having been married now, this is what I think now. And mm-hmm. that's so useful as well. It's that conversion almost, that, that comparison and conversion. Right. Yeah. Totally. Totally. This has I been so it. fun. We're coming to the Stay Married Retreat next year. You should. Eddie's <laughs> will know. come out. We, I don't think we do that in Arizona. We need that here. Yes. Yeah. Yes, indeed. It's so beautiful. It's it's a beautiful, the three to stay married is a beautiful night, and then the three to get married. I'm just so very, very impressed and so very, very thankful that you joined us today to give us a little, a little peek behind the curtain of how <laughs> marriage preparation can go so very well. I mean, and I know there are people all over the country who are doing it well as well, but I feel like the more we talk about the things that are good, yeah. Yeah. then we are sharing more goodness and more people are, can be inspired to do, oh, that's something that we can change. Yeah. You know, that's something that we can do better so yes yeah let's yeah. not hold on to our goodness let's share it so that yeah. more people can do do it well 
I think yeah. sometimes we, we need to get, yeah, we hold yeah. on to, because we don't want somebody to steal whatever we're doing because yeah. we're doing it so well. But I think if we talk about it and we, um, if you really want people to be prepared well for marriage, you want all the parishes to do it well. You want all the dioceses to do it well. Okay. I have a very pertinent story to that end. <laughs> so when we moved away from Little Rock, um, I mean, we did most of the NFP talks that they had in that diocese, obviously, though, because <laughs> we have <laughs> got things to say about it, um, and, and we're and we are one trick ponies. But um, <laughs> that's not true. That's not <laughs> true. When we left, but when we left, one of our, I mean, like dearest friends in the world, asked for our slide deck for our NFP talk, and my gut response immediately was, I don't know if I want to give that. Like, I don't. It's my talk. It's <laughs> I worked really talk. hard. And, and so, of course, I went to Matt and I'm like, so uh, can we, well, because he's my tech guy. I was like, how do we send someone a slide deck? And what exactly is a deck? And why do we call it a deck? And all these questions. And he was, but but I did, you know, I was kind of like, I don't know why. I just feel funny. And like, should I take away like some things that are more pertinent to us? And that's kind of where my question was. I was like, should I take away the slides that are about us? And he was like, No. No, you you give that away. When if if they're telling mm-hmm. you that what you did was good, you only have that goodness to give it away. Give it away. Let go, woman. <laughs> <laughs> You're right. <laughs> and that's why we're married. Because that's right. I am selfish, and you are helping me not be selfish. <laughs> that's not true either. But I do love that. Yeah, that's a good point. Yep. Yeah. We we do want to protect our stuff sometimes, but like you said, if it's it. it if it's good and people want it and they're craving it, then mm-hmm. got to share. That's right. That's right. All right. Is it time for last little bit? I think it is. Christy, do you <laughs> have a last little first. bit? Do you have a last little bit? Do you know about last little bits? Well, I listen to your podcast. Okay. So you do that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you like, Sometimes be, people are shocked. <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I don't need an out. I listen to your podcast. I am. Just happy to be on here because this is one of my favorite places to listen. (laughs) Yes, I do. But go ahead. Uh, Trey, do you want to go first? You want me to go first? You go first. I'm still mulling mine over. Mine actually flows very well from kind of what we were talking about at the very end. And it's this idea of uh, marriage enrichment because I do think that we obviously have a heart and an operational setup for, you know, preparing people for marriage during engagement. But in the Catholic Church, we don't actually have an operational setup for marriage enrichment or Mm -hmm. encouraging the sacrament of marriage past the nuptial mass, yeah. right? No. Um, we do have like um, we just marriage have encounters. Confession. <laughs> and that is goodness that we have confession. That is it. <laughs> it's so needed. It's so essential to marriage, in fact. Um, but there's a new program, it's relatively new, called Cana Vox. So Cana, C A N A, that's, you know, like the wedding feast at Cana, Vox, V O X, voice. So marriage voice, Cana Vox. And you can just go to, I think, canavox.com. And it is, it is a, a boxed up program for marriage enrichment, and it is fantastic. I'm involved in a small group of just women who are going through it, although it's designed that you can do it as couples together. You could do it as a couple, like just a, just a little you know, nuclear 
couple could do it together. Or you could invite other couples into the group and do it. There are videos, reading. It is actually a lot of material. Like the content is very dense and, and there's a lot of it in order to prepare for the sessions. But they are so fruitful in talking about um, the beauty of marriage. Um, Canavox isn't... I think that obviously the Catholic Church has a hand in it, but it honestly gives you a perspective of the universality of marriage from a, a multitude of perspectives, not just this is what marriage means to Catholics. Mm-hmm. It's like this is there, there's there's one of them that's early on in the program that's a, um, a an audio of a Jewish rabbi talking about marriage, and it is fan. Fantastic. I sent it to like all my sister-in-laws. I'm like, everyone has to listen to this. It's so wonderful. <laughs> um, so it, it's just a, it's a beautiful treatment of marriage and it's ongoing as well. Like there are lots mm-hmm. of sessions and materials. Um, so does if it, there isn't, go ahead. Does it cost? I don't think so. I haven't paid anything. That's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah. So canavox.com. I love it. We'll put that That's in the show notes for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, can I ask you a question, Fran? One day I want you to list out all the different Bible study, prayer group, (laughs) everything we talk about. You're like, well, I'm in a group that does. (laughs) Like, your schedule must be insane with different, like, small group activities. It's pretty pretty tight. It's pretty pretty tight. tight. But maybe you've just discovered, like, one of my love languages is small groups. (laughs) And even after I disparage the small groups when we. The difference is that small groups that you choose versus small groups you get plopped into. That is true. That is true. That is true. That Um, makes a difference. Okay, is it my turn? So I have nothing really um, monumental to share as always. But I do have to share that my Mother of the Year trophy, I think, is going to be shipped here at some point because... um, I'm a senior, and we all know there's a lot of things going on in your senior year. Like, there's so many things you got to do. Senior picture, senior this, senior retreat, senior picnic, blah, blah, blah. So, I've been asking my daughter for a few weeks, like, um, I know your yearbook is going to, you know, I'd like to put an ad in the yearbook, you know, with maybe your senior photo. And I'm sure that your school does that, because I've obviously I've seen that they do that. I'm like, at what point do I need to submit it? Because, like, we're kind of in the second semester of your senior year and you know, yeah, I don't know. I'll, I'll find that out. And, and I have to my credit, I've asked a few times, but I've just asked the child. I don't really take it to the next level. <laughs> so today, uh, my husband, speaking of marriage, you know, how do you work together? He told me they, if you'll just make me a list, I'm happy to go through and knock some things off your list for you. So one of them was like, can you text Julia and ask her again about this? It was due in November. <laughs> Oh my goodness. So promptly when I get off of this, I'm going to go beg Notre Dame Preparatory High School to um, give me some sort of a concession so that my kids can be in the yearbook. Yeah. Okay. So this is the difference between Tracy Eddy and Franchelle Yeager, because when time came for my senior (laughs) to have his ad in his yearbook, I said, hey, do you want that thing where you have a picture and your parents say they love you at the end of the yearbook? And he was like, no, I know you love me. And I'm like, Awesome. Thank you. <laughs> See, I thought you were going to say, I did it his sophomore year. I, I, had, I had mine in, ready, prepared his sophomore well, year. I mean, I will, I will say this, that I actually did have in my mind, like a little, well, not in my mind, it was on my desktop, a folder of pictures that I was like, if you wanted, these are the pictures I would use. <laughs> so he's like, no, nah, I know you love me. And I'm like, okay, that's good. 
<laughs> boys versus girls. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there's I, I haven't known uh, Franchelle as long as you have, and I would have guessed sophomore year too. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm just waiting for a senior picks to come in, and then I just have to transfer it to the little box for the senior photo, and I'm done. I just love that I can be surprising sometimes. <laughs> it's all in love. I'm not such an open book, y'all. I'm a complicated person who doesn't do everything you think I do. And I share them in my small groups. <laughs> I'm be sharing this in the small group. And yes. My friends think they know me. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. All right, oh. Christy. Sorry, sorry to. Um, fall into debauchery right before your last <laughs> little bit. No, I'm having a great time. Um, okay, so I'm going to I'm going to say I'm going to say two things actually. Yeah, I just that. thought of something. Um, you were talking about your Canovox, mm-hmm. is that what you said? Um, I think another good um, enrichment uh, enrichment material for couples to read is this letter called Complete My Joy by Bishop Olmsted. Who is Tracy's bishop? What, what? Have you read it, Tracy? No. I've never heard of it until just now. No. But I'm, I'm, look, I'm taking a note. I'm writing it down. Okay. So it's called an apostolic exhortation, which I think is a fancy word, fancy phrase for letter from a bishop. Hey, you, listen to this for real. (laughs) And I, um, it is beautiful. It is to the... Husbands and wives and mothers and fathers of Phoenix, Arizona, but it's really for all of us. And um, I mean, you could you could read one paragraph and reflect on it for a day. Um, it is really rich. Was this the one that Father Baker spoke about last year at the yes. Three to Stay Married? Yes. And yes. Tracy, I think I mentioned it to you because I'm like, your bishop is awesome. I mean, a year ago. It's okay that you don't remember. <laughs> <it>. <laughs> don't don't, don't it, throw me under the bus like that. <laughs> It's worth it. It was assigned reading a year ago. It was. I wrote it it down. It was assigned. Okay, so look that up. I think you can just Google it. Um, So look that up. And then I'm just going to say, since this is a a love podcast, I'm just going to say uh, my husband is really, I I have not ever been this sick, (laughs) ever, um, that I have been over the past month or so. And um, thankfully, he works from home and so currently and so he was spinning all the plates at the same time and it was really it was so many acts of mercy I don't know if I can ever make up for them actually I mean he was carpooling up in the middle of the night doing this working staying up late to finish work cooking dinner bringing me I mean he fed me three meals a day that's amazing (laughs) um I was Kroger click listing and he was picking it up and um it was it was really it was it was a huge act of love and mercy. So my husband is awesome. Is that his love language? Is service his love language? You know what? It I, is think now. It is. <laughs> <laughs> I think it is. I think it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. What is yours? Or bourbon might be his love language. Yes. That's, <laughs> I'm not sure. <laughs> what is mine? Quality time. Quality time. Yeah. Tracy, what is yours? Mm-hmm. I think service. Acts of service. service too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mine's quality time. Is it? I mean, and I'm I'm now a hundred percent. I'm a hundred percent. Whatever your love language is, is how you love others. Because yeah, I would say my husband's is like gift giving. Mm-hmm. You know, and he gives me like lavish gifts. But mm-hmm. 
I like quality. I like acts of service. Like I want coffee in bed. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Um, And so the more that I think about it and read about it, and we're doing this month long series about it. And so I'm really paying attention to how the, how my kids show their love to me. And I'm like, that is how I need to show love Mm -hmm. to them. Cause that's Mm -hmm. their, I think that's their love language. I can. And I will say, and I will say this, there are tests to take online that, that kind of help you. And you mean at the love languages website, they have tests for your children, for yourself that you can go online and, you know, see what your love language is. And then, you know, see if you agree with that, even like you might take the test and be like, I, you know what, that does make sense because didn't you, we, we said that you thought that Vika's was one thing. But then you realized it was another one, yes. um, you know, yes. just kind of words of in, affirmation. In, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think taking the test is really important. Oh, can I have one last little thing too? We're going really long, but <laughs> yeah. so on one of our previous podcasts, we talked about taking the Enneagram test. Yeah. This does need to be a last and, little bit. Um, yeah. And this is a really important little bit. And it, I think it, I think that this is emblematic of the Christian life, that none of us are going to be perfect. None of us are going to not be exposed to evil, to bad things. And the mark of a Christian is is seeking forgiveness and um, reparation mm-hmm. and, and also just trying to do a better job, right? Yep. And then when you've done something that you think might not be the best, then to try to, again, make those reparations. And so this is our my reparation. We talked about the Enneagram, but uh, Christy and I were in a small group. <laughs> <laughs> She was. I was wondering if you were going to say that. (laughs) Well, I mean, I had to say what the context is. We were just talking about um, personality types, temperaments, and the Enneagram came up, and someone was like, Does anyone know what their Enneagram number was? And I was like, I do. I have wings. And they were like, I would say maybe half of us knew and half of us didn't. And so mm-hmm. we just were like talking about what it was. And I, I think I said, you know, I know that there's like some controversy about, you know, the Enneagram. I didn't know the depth of the controversy to tell you the truth, but I knew that there was. Christy, by the time I got home, I lived 12 <laughs> minutes from her house. By the time I got home, sent me five articles about the Enneagram and the origins and some of the dangers involved in it. And I just want to say this. Um, we will actually post some of those articles, I think, to our show notes to have people yeah. read them because I think you need to make an informed decision. Um, again, I don't think if you take the test, then you have, you know, sold your soul in any way, shape, or form. I'm not <laughs> saying that. But we do need to be discerning about how we are um, exposing ourselves to things that might be dangerous yep. and and be informed about it. Because, again, Tracy and I had a conversation after that, like, we had no idea about I thought it was a fun now, I will yeah. say, maybe Jesus was protecting me because I fell asleep when I was taking it. It was like my guardian <laughs> angel was like, let's save your soul. <laughs> and I woke up and kind of clicked through it. But but I still didn't think it was bad. I, you know, yeah. it was a fun yeah. personality test. What's your, you know, the color test, the food test, the whatever. I mean, there's so many well, tests. It's like those old magazine tests. Like, take a test and find out what you're, you yeah. know, whatever. Like, Forgot it kind of seemed this. like that to me. I didn't really, I mean, and I... To be honest, taking any test, whether it's Myers-Briggs, whether – I think it's just food for thought, yeah. food for conversation, food for self-reflection. But one of the things that people objected to, specifically the Enneagram, was that it was almost too um, self-oriented in its reflection, apart from the origins, which are – I'm just going to say it. They're occult origins, y'all. You probably, <laughs> probably, probably want to figure it out. Work through we that. We should probably research. delete that episode. 
Yeah. <laughs> who talked about it was like oh I had never heard that before so I mean I think it's our job when we know the truth yep. to start disseminating the truth yep <laughs> so just say yeah. there are some questionable things about the Enneagram one of which is the origins which might be from the devil and <laughs> you might want to stay away from that and, and the research warm. I provided you was actually um, from Patrick Bentley. The, <laughs> Once the, again, Patrick re- Bentley with the service. With the research scientist. Uh, yeah, he was, I was like, yeah, so we're talking about the Enneagram. And he's like, boom, boom, boom. He texted me everything and I just forwarded them over to Rochelle. <laughs> In 12 minutes. In 12, In 12 minutes. minutes. <laughs> yes. It's his gift. <laughs> Quick return. Well, thank you. She you shared it with me too. So thank you. Thank your husband. Right. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> and we love all of our listeners and we hope that um, you have a beautiful day. We hope that you have beautiful marriages if you're married. We hope if you're not married that this gives you some insight into things that go into marriage preparation and things to to think about, especially if you're dating, you know, um, or if you feel like you might be called to the vocation of marriage. These are, again, remote marriage prep is a thing. We can start thinking about our vocations now. (laughs) I think that that is something that, Krista, you've really helped us do today. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thanks for joining us today on Bellator Colloquium. Please look for Bellator Society on everything social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. And if you like what we're doing here on this podcast, we would love for you to share that with us. Rate us on iTunes to help us get the word out and share, share, share. We cannot wait to chat next time right here on Bellator Colloquium, the conversation for online warriors for the true, good, and beautiful. Thank you.